church, our reading is Romans 6-4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is the living word of God for us today. Thank you, Carthy Masters. Good morning, fellowship. It is so good to be with you. Do you realize, for some of you watching right now, this is the very first Sunday of your entire life that you have not been in church on Easter Sunday morning. But I want to remind you, you are exactly where you need to be. You are right where God has you at this moment. There's no other place for you to be right now than where you are with the people that you are with. You know, on the very first Resurrection Sunday, Jesus' disciples were not gathered in a large group. They, they weren't all gathered together in mass. They were huddled in small groups, in homes. And I like the way Christian writer Gretchen Ronovic put it. She wrote this, maybe huddling together as a small group of disciples in a home, wondering what God is doing, what will happen next, and where we go from here is the most Eastery thing of all Easter things to do. So wherever you are in this moment, just breathe, take it in. This is different, but Jesus is still alive. He's still on his throne. That is true now. It was true four months ago. It'll be true 4,000 years from now. He came once and he will come again. I've caught myself more than a few times this week thinking back to Easter's past and thinking ahead, you know, like, I wish it was last year where we could gather together in the flesh, or I hope next year we'll be able to gather together once again, person to person. And, and I've kind of lived that way this week. And then I realized, you know, I live too much of my life in past tense and future tense. Life doesn't happen in past tense or future tense. Life happens in present tense. This day is where God has us right now. And I want to illustrate this. I brought something with me here that you'll all recognize. This is an hourglass. And if I flip it over, it, it, it starts the sand flowing. And I want you to think about this this way. The action happens right there at the center. That's where the present tense is. Yes, there's sand above, there's sand below, but that's where we are right now. Some of you, think about your lives in the big picture perspective. Uh, some of you have more sand above than below. Some of you have more sand below than above. But you know what we all have in common? What's right there at this very moment, the sand flowing through that glass at this time. This is Easter Sunday morning, 2020, and this is where we are. Now, keep that hourglass in mind as we talk about resurrection. You know, resurrection is an interesting concept because we tend to think about it almost exclusively in past tense and future tense. There's the resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago, past tense, our own resurrection when he returns for us someday, we don't know when, hopefully soon, but it's future tense. But what about right now? What about the resurrection in the present? What is the fact that Jesus rose from the grave 2,000 years ago and he will come back so that we can be resurrected someday? But what about in the middle? What does it mean for us in the present tense? That's what our verse this morning is talking 
about. So the verse that Carthy read, Romans 6, 4, the only verse we're gonna look at this morning, one verse, one big idea, and I wanna go ahead and tell you what the idea is. It's that the resurrection is not just past tense or future tense, it's present tense. It's not just for one day, it's for this day. So let's look again at Romans 6, verse 4. Paul's writing to the early Christians, living in a time of fear, living in a time of anxiety, living with a lot of pressure on them. And this is what he reminds them. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, notice the verb tense where Paul starts. He starts in the past tense, doesn't he? We were buried. Now, that's an interesting way to start. Why did we have to be buried? Because we were dead. We were all born dead. Now, it doesn't always look like that, but the reality is inside, in the spiritual parts of us, which I want to say is the most important parts of us, we're dead. We're born dead. That's what Scripture teaches us. It's a little bit like a seed. If you think about it, I've got one in my pocket. You know what? I've got it in my bag. A seed, before it gets buried in the soil, really has nothing in it of its own. It has no life to it. The seed by itself is dead. Now, it's technically dormant. That's the scientific way that you describe this. And what that means actually is until the seed comes into some soil, until it gets buried, which this seed has been in this pot, there's no way for that seed to produce life. There's no way for it to germinate, for it to start growing. But once it's in the soil, and even more than that, once it's been watered, now the seed has potential. Now the seed can come alive. This is a little bit like us. Paul is saying we were buried. Now, that doesn't sound like a pleasant way to begin, but I want you to think about this. Being buried with Jesus Christ is a great and glorious thing. In fact, what Paul goes on to say in this verse, look at it back in the text, is we were buried, therefore, not with ourselves or by ourselves. We were buried with him, with Jesus. So your burial with Jesus is a way to identify with him. And here's what that means. It means you let go of your life. When you plant a seed in the earth, you can no longer see it. You can no longer hold it. That is also true for us. In our lives, when we're buried with Christ, when we come to Christ, we let go of our lives. And that can be a scary thing, but that's what we're called to do. And the good news for us is when we're buried with Christ, we don't stay dead because nothing that is with Christ can stay dead. Let's look at that in our text. Paul says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. Baptism is just a great word picture, like a seed being buried, baptized, you go under the water. In order that, not that you'd stay buried, not that you'd stay underneath, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So being buried with Jesus means you won't stay dead. You can't stay dead because Jesus turned death upside down. That's what the resurrection is all about. Death can no longer hold him. Death can't stick to him. It just, 
bounces off. It's impossible for you to stay dead if you've been buried with Jesus because dead things don't stay dead when Jesus is involved. Now, we look at our verb tenses in this text. We were buried with him. Christ was raised. But notice where Paul is going to go next. In order that we too might walk. Present tense. Today, we too might walk in newness of life. Paul is saying, if you've identified yourself with Jesus by entrusting him with your life, by being buried with him, just as his burial was your burial, so his resurrection is your resurrection. Now, this idea of walking in the newness of life, to to walk is a metaphor that's being used. It just means to live. It means living life. Uh, Think about it this way. Dead things don't walk around. Think about what was the very first thing that Jesus did when he rose from the grave. He walked. He walked out of the tomb. In fact, later on that day, on a road to the town of Emmaus, he's walking. We find him walking along with two of his followers. He came out of the grave and he walked around in newness of life. And Paul is saying that's exactly the potential. That's exactly the opportunity that's been opened us, opened up for us today. We have a chance to walk around in newness of life. You become a fully alive human being walking around in the middle of all this dead things around you. Once you've been buried with Christ, you've also been raised with Christ. Now, uh, two days ago on Good Friday, if you participated with us in our Good Friday service, uh, we asked you to take a black Sharpie and draw something on your hand, a black heart that you drew on your hand. I want you to look at that. Now, mine, I I drew on my, my left hand here and it's just barely visible. And I hope yours is gone or fading. Now, what we didn't tell you on Friday was this was actually a uh, a hand-washing test to see if you've been following the CDC guidelines. But here's the reality. From Friday to Sunday, just as this black heart has been getting more and more dim, less and less visible, it's a reminder to us that the blackness of our heart has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's been covered by Christ. It's been washed. He's remade our hearts. He's resurrected our hearts. Your dead heart, men and women, is now fully alive. And if you can think about it this way, once your heart is alive in this way, it will never stop beating. You are now alive to walk. Newness of life. So rejoice in that. So here's what this incredible verse in Romans is teaching us. Paul's saying, you've been identified with Jesus. You were buried with him, so you're raised with him. His resurrection is your resurrection. And therefore, right now, present tense, life is emerging in you. Just like a seed planted in soil now has the possibility of something new you now have the possibility, even right now, of change, of growth, of new life, of emerging from wherever you are that feels stuck, that feels dark. So I wanna talk just as practical as I possibly can. I wanna talk about what is true about us in the present tense about 
or because of the resurrection. And I'm gonna put this on the screen. We're just titling it this way, Resurrection in the Present Tense. What does this mean for us? Four things, briefly, that I wanna talk about that this means for us this morning. The first one is this. It means that you're alive right now. You don't have to wait to become alive. You're alive right now. Now, think of it this way. There is a resurrection to come. Absolutely. And in that sense, you will be raised up. However, that will be the completion of new life, not the start of new life. Paul is saying you're alive right now. You are walking around right now in new life. In fact, newness of life, that phrase from Romans 6.4 could be translated or, or, or could be understood to mean resurrected life. You are now able to walk in resurrected life. You're alive right now. You are not waiting for anything. You're alive. Number two, you've only just begun to live. No matter how much sand you've seen pass through your hourglass, you've only just begun to live. You may have seen 60 years, 70, 80 years. You may have seen 100 years for all I know. And you know what? All those years, those are just your warm-up laps. Your real life has begun, but it will flourish on into eternity. And for all of us, because of the resurrection, what is true right now is we've only just begun. We are just beginning on this journey of new life. You've only just begun to live. Here's the third thing it means for us today that Jesus is resurrected. It means for us that nothing is impossible. You're alive right now, you've only just begun to live, and nothing is impossible. When Jesus Christ crushed death and ripped open the tomb, the whole world exploded with hope. I want you to think about that. Prior to the resurrection of Jesus, everything that had ever lived, it had lived and it had died. It had lived and it had died. Even the resurrections that Jesus did himself prior to his own resurrection, those people died again. That's the pattern of the world until, until this day, resurrection day. Creation changed. Possibilities emerged. I wanna say it this way, the whole creation is now on a new trajectory. Everything's on the table. Nothing's impossible. If Jesus rose from the grave, anything can happen. Jesus, even right now, according to Revelation, is making all things new. You know what that means? It means you can grow. It means you can change. It means we don't have to stay where we are. We don't have to stay stuck where we are. Anything is possible. Nothing is impossible. Your life, my life, these are now lives of possibility. You're alive right now. You've only just begun to live. Nothing is impossible. And finally, you have nothing to fear. Not really. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Rob, have you forgotten? We are living in a time of pandemic. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. What do we know to be true? Well, there's several things we don't know. We don't know how many of us are gonna get sick. 
Certainly, I can't tell you that. I, I, some of you already have gotten sick. We don't know where all that's going to lead. We don't know how many of you are going to lose your jobs. We all might. We all could. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I know some of you have already been severely impacted in this season. We don't know what's next for us. There's a lot of things we don't know. What do we know? Well, here's what we do know. Our lives might get harder for a while, but our best days are yet to come. That's what we know. That's what the resurrection means. Our best days are yet to come. Everything, all the moments that will be most spectacular in our existence, we still have yet to enjoy. They are still in the top part of the hourglass waiting for us. This is what resurrection means for us. Our best days are still ahead of us. Therefore, what do we have to fear? Do we fear even death itself? Oh no, death has been conquered. Death has been defeated. New life awaits, glorious life awaits. Starts now, will continue into eternity. You are alive right now, men and women, if you've put your trust in Christ. You've only just begun to live. Nothing is impossible anymore and you have nothing to fear. Now, I can't step off this stage this morning without inviting anyone who has not yet been buried and raised with Jesus to consider Jesus' invitation for them in all of this. And maybe for you, you're listening, you're watching this morning and you've never believed. Like you weren't sure what to believe about Jesus. You weren't actually sure that this resurrection was actually true, that it was historical. Maybe it's just not been clear to you what it means to take a step of faith. Or maybe you've just never admitted that you're dead inside and you need someone to resurrect you. I wonder if you'd be willing to consider this morning that there is no accident that you're tuned in right now. Resurrection Day 2020 in the midst of a global pandemic for whatever led you to be watching this service at this very moment. Right now, this moment, this particular grain of sand flowing through the present tense of your hourglass. Here you are, and I want to encourage you and say this, Jesus' invitation for you this morning. He would say, in me is life. Come and receive it. He would speak to you from the very verse that we've been in this morning, Romans 6, 4, and Jesus would say, come and bury your old self with me so that it can be resurrected in me. The only step you need to take is faith. When you bury a seed in the dirt and you water it and you fertilize it, it's with faith that that seed is going to grow. Your step of faith this morning simply looks like this, to admit the reality that you're dead inside, to then let go of that dead life and ask the king to resurrect you to ask the only one who's ever conquered death to resurrect you, to bring you to life, to breathe life in your nostrils for the first time in your existence. Put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning. 
There's no magical way to do that. It's just an expression. It's, it's, a, it's a prayer and prayer matters. It's the way that we talk to God as Lloyd was reminding us earlier. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is specific for anyone right now this morning that's watching this that would say, I believe and I recognize I'm dead inside and I need to be resurrected. If that expresses your heart, I wanna invite you just in the quietness of your own mind and the quietness of your own thoughts to pray this prayer with me genuinely, authentically, from your heart, I will lead you, pray it with me, and let's ask the risen Christ to resurrect you. Let's pray together. Father, I admit that I am spiritually dead inside and I need to be brought to life. I've come to believe in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and I see that it is exactly what I need. So in this very moment of my life, I put my trust in Jesus Christ to make me alive. I'm willing to bury my old self with Jesus and join him in resurrected life. So Father, by faith, I thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for breathing new life into me and I pray this in the name of Jesus who is now my savior, amen. If those words express your heart, if you prayed along with that prayer that I just prayed, then let me ask you to reflect on this remarkable sentence. This moment right now is the most important moment of your life up to this point. I believe that's true. Something just changed inside of you. Something just came alive. This is the first moment of eternal life for you. Now, we don't want you to walk alone. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists, to help you find wholehearted life in Jesus. And so I wanna invite you, if you've put your trust in Christ this morning, just by praying that prayer or something similar that you've expressed to God in this moment, or even if you just have questions about it, I wanna encourage you to reach out to us. We wanna be a resource for you. The best way to do that is to send us a quick email. We'll put an email address on the screen and you can just send a quick email to this address, faith at fbctn.org and we'll be in touch with you. We wanna walk alongside. We wanna answer your questions. We just wanna be a resource for you wherever you are in this. Reach out to us. We would love to come alongside you. The resurrection, men and women, is most definitely past and future, yes, and present tense. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means everything for us in Easter of 2020. For the past seven months together as a body here, at Fellowship, we've been proclaiming what we believe to be true about Jesus using the words from Colossians 1, 15 through 20. And we've come to call that our Colossians Creed, but it just expresses the majesty, the glory of Jesus Christ. It tells the gospel message and it proclaims Jesus as he is at this moment, lifted high above the resurrected King above all creation. I wanna invite you this morning to proclaim this text with us. We're going to do it a little bit differently because we're going to be led by some members of our body who are gonna be reciting this creed together. And wherever you are this morning, I'm gonna invite you to say it along with them because here we are in Middle Tennessee, 
spread out across the United States of America, spread out literally around the globe in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, proclaiming that we shall not be quiet. We shall not be silenced. We shall not be prevented from worshiping our risen King. And with united and joyful hearts, we will proclaim together, He is the center of all things. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross.